0: You're listening to the Party Girl Podcast with Chelsea Curtis, episode 47. So in today's episode, I am going completely bonkers, crazy, frustrated, like I don't understand the freaking plot of Toy Story 4. I'm not kidding right now. The past 28 days I've been spending with my students... 15 incredible women who I, you know, help them craft and refine and tell their stories. So I've been very, very interested in storytelling and story structure and character development and learning a lot as much as I can. And there's a really famous Hollywood screenwriter. His name is Michael Hage. And he's worked on a ton of films like I Am Legend and Hitch and tons and tons of Hollywood movies. And he's consulted on even more. And He talks about, you know, the importance of developing strong characters and the importance of telling stories in a way that gets the listener to care about them. So how does this relate to the movie Toy Story 4, the biggest summer blockbuster that everybody's like talking, you know, going crazy about and what everybody thinks Is like one of the best, most compelling stories. Like I honestly just didn't get it. So before you listen on, if you have not seen Toy Story four, there will be some spoilers. Um, Not necessarily with the storyline, more specifically with a character, uh, Forky, the spork character. So if you if you don't care about that, then you can listen. But you've been warned. Like there may be some spoilers coming up in this rant, but. The whole premise of Toy Story 4 is, you know, in Toy Story 3, we leave off with Andy giving his box of toys to Bonnie, it seems like the daughter of Sunnyside Daycare. And the very last thing he finds in this box is Woody, who had climbed into this box, and she knows and recognizes Woody because of the adventure that they had during the whole movie, and Andy doesn't realize that Woody is in this box. And so he's kind of hesitant to give him up. And, and then you see him look at this little girl and in a split second, he kind of relives all of these fun memories and realizes that this toy is now going to sit on his shelf. And that instead of it sitting on a shelf collecting dust while he's in college. He's going to let the toy live on and have a few more years of good playtime with this new girl, Bonnie. Super, super cute. I cried. I love that movie. I love all of the Toy Story movies except for number four. I'm sorry. I'm like really passionate about this. Like I, I wasn't even going to do an episode about this, but to be honest, like I can't find anybody else who's pointing out these things So I feel compelled, like I have to talk about this, because for story and structure alone, like I'm so concerned, and I have feelings, so many feelings. So in Toy Story 4, the movie starts out with all of the toys in Bonnie's house, and she's playing, and what happens is all of the toys have these main roles in the game, and guess who's in the closet? Woody the sheriff. And you know, it's been a few months, and he hasn't been played with, and he's feeling a little sad and a little down. Well, then, you know, the time comes for Bonnie to go to kindergarten. And in kindergarten, she is, you know, scared. She doesn't want to go. And so Woody takes it upon himself to sneak in her backpack and go to school with her to make sure she has a great first day. And there are sad parts. Like she sits down at a table by herself and, you know, they're asked to do crafts. Like why the teacher isn't including her or letting this girl spend so much time alone with, I mean, I guess the teacher like says, oh, here's some crafts, but then leaves her alone. Um, is beyond me. I, I don't understand this, especially for kindergarten. Like, why is this not more structured? Why is she sitting at a table alone? Where is the name tag? Where's like the the introductions of like here's some friends you can sit with? I just have never ever seen like a kindergarten setting where one child like got to sit at a table alone and an adult didn't say, first of all, like let's sit you by a friend. So she's there, she's nervous, she's intimidated, she feels uneasy, and all of a sudden. These art supplies that the teacher brings over, this other little rowdy boy brings over, throws them in the trash, and she's kind of sitting there like doesn't know what to do with herself. So Woody sneaks over in a classroom full of living, breathing adult children who at any time could turn around and see him. That's that's beside the point. Grabs some random supplies, throws them on the table for Bonnie, and she ends up making this little spork character with, you know, two... Um, Popsicle stick legs. It's a spork for the body and this really weird face, and puts it in her backpack and comes home. And, you know, when the backpack's thrown on the gr- ground, she has a great day, first day of school. And Woody and this spork character come out of the backpack, and the spork is scared and the spork wants to go in the trash because it believes that it is trash. So, as the viewer watching this, why on earth should I care about a spork who wants to be in the trash? Like the first 10 times, it was kind of funny. Like, okay. He's like trash, 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 you know, like, and all these different ways of him crawling back into the trash can, climbing back into the trash and getting back in the trash can. And there's a scene where at night she wants to, she falls asleep and she's got Forky there, the spork laying next to her and Woody is in the trash and he keeps the whole night throwing this spork up onto the bed and and every single time he throws it up it goes back into the garbage and says trash trash because it wants to be in the trash it wants to be in the trash so badly that she brings this spork on a family road trip and it jumps out the window again why is Woody fighting so hard for this spork who doesn't want to be a toy, who doesn't even want to be there? It wants to be in the trash. So then Woody jumps out the window and, you know, decides to have this long conversation. And if I finally like the, the five mile walk to the campground of where they're supposed to be, um, decides that this, uh, The spork decides that it's going to believe that it's a toy. Okay, great. Now it's a toy. Well, then they end up getting lost in this antique store as they roll into town. And first of all, the antique store has these creepy, like, 1950s dummies. And I wish the movie just didn't have them. They creep me out. But, I mean, they serve their purpose. And then this this little, like, string doll named Gabby Gabby, who... She has a defective voice box. And so her, when you pull her string, it sounds warped and crazy. And so she realizes that Woody has one. And she kind of says like, oh, you have this thing that I need. Like I wish I had that because I I never know what it's been like to be a normal toy because I've always been defective. So instantly you think this Gabby Gabby girl might be a villain. She's surrounded by this like group of dummies who are protecting her. And she's already kind of put it out there that she wants his voice box, which is kind of creepy and crazy. all the while, like we're gonna skip past some of this, <laughs> this storyline to get to the main point is um eventually the spork gets taken over by the dummies and locked into this hutch cabinet with a key. And Woody goes back to the campground, finds the rest of the people, gets a group together um, to go rescue this spork. Okay. First of all, what kind of quality do you think a kindergartner would use? <laughs> to make a spork toy. I mean, glue, Elmer's washable glue, we're talking like Play-Doh and Popsicle sticks. And like this girl has a mom in the movie. So as a mother, like has your kid ever brought home like a weird spork toy? And did you let your child keep it for longer than a week? Honestly, like most of the time when my daughter brings home stuff from school, I'm like, perfect. On the fridge for a week, into the garbage. On the fridge for a week, take a picture, into the garbage. That's literally how it goes. So for me to believe that this kindergartner-made spork toy lasted this long and is still in working condition boggles my mind. And the fact that the parents are letting her keep this literal piece of trash that believes it's trash, that wants to be in the trash, um, also blows my mind. But that's just a side tangent. So they decide to come and rescue the spork. And, you know, they get this whole team together. And basically, in a turn of events, Woody loses the group and gets cornered by these dummies and this Gabby Gabby doll. And she's like, You need to give me your voice box. And he kind of like cowers down and says, Okay, if that's how it's going to be. And then the four dummies surround Woody. Cut him open and take his voice box out. So from a child's perspective, what are we teaching our kids about, like, I, I don't want to say it's bullying. I don't know how to, what to call this, but they basically, against his will, took his voice box and he just submitted to them. Wouldn't it have been better if he, if she said, you have something that I want and I need, will you please like consider giving me your voice box or let's do a trade? And he's this hero and what he gets to say instead of getting surrounded and kind of like against his will, bullied into, you know, having to give up his voice box that he chooses to do the heroic thing and and says, you know, How, how about this, Gabby, Gabby, like you give me the spork and I'll give you my voice box. I'm just, I I just really struggled with that part because it just seemed um, wrong to me like that because she had all this muscle that she could get what she wanted. And for those of you that have seen the movie, you kind of saw how funny it was, like, instantaneously after that happens, she positions herself and something, like, ironic happens to her. Um, But it really, really bothered me the way that they went about the whole voice box thing. So the plot continues. They get into the hutch. They save the spork. And they wind up back in the RV after a crazy turn of lots of events. And I will say this. To the movie's credit, it is hilarious. Like, there are some really, really funny, silly parts. But just the storyline of me wanting to really, I really wanted to care about this spork and I just couldn't. And then, like I said, when they rescue him and and it all comes back together, the movie ends with her coming home from first grade and she brings home this homemade craft and it's like a plastic knife lady that she made. So again, you're expecting me to believe that a spork character not only lasted on a family road trip, but it lasted an entire first year and you still care about it? again, where is this girl's mother? Like she's keeping trash as toys. I'm so concerned. <laughs> I'm so concerned. Anyway. So those, there's my little Facebook rant. Like I i am curious, like, did anybody else think of this? Everybody I've brought this up to is like, Oh, I like just really loved it. I didn't think about that. And everybody I've brought this up to in person. I'm like, does that part with Woody bother you? And they're like, yeah, that kind of was weird. Wasn't it? I'm like, right. That was so weird. And I felt uncomfortable Like, showing that to my daughter being like, oh, yeah, this is what happens to Woody the hero. Like, he got cornered into giving up something that was his inside of his body. I don't know. The whole thing just really rubbed me the wrong way. But I will say this. How I would fix it, what I would change is, like, let's go back to Woody is the toy in the closet and he's not getting played with. Let's say he sneaks into her backpack and goes to kindergarten with her. Great. Then instead of her making a spork or whatever, she gets to take some toys to this family road trip. She gets in the RV with her family and takes her backpack and he's still in there. We could have had the whole same movie without the freaking spork. And then instead of Gabby Gabby getting the spork, why don't they take Woody? And instead of, you know, like taking him and cutting him open or whatever, I, I get why they didn't do that. They could have just, you know, tried to negotiate with him, like, we're going to capture you. And we're not going to let you go until you give this to us. Then some other character could have been in jeopardy or the other group could have said, Woody's gone. We know that she went to this toy store because maybe she left her backpack there. And then she says that she left her backpack there. That's why they go back. So they could have had all of the same characters come and rescue Woody for a change, and it would have been, in my opinion, such a better story, because Woody's always the one saving the others, and so how cool would it have been for them to save him? And maybe in some sort of like a scuffle, they they get another character, and, and he says, like, don't hurt my friends, like, I'll give you my voice box. Because to me, that would have been like the ultimate sacrifice of him um, you know, wanting to give like your your voice box, like that's his thing. Like the pull string is his thing. Him giving up that thing in order to save this other person, and then they that other person could be free, and then he would be free as well. But he would be forever changed. And you know, in the movie, spoiler alert, he runs off and and ends up in this um as a lost toy with Bo Peep. And it's just kind of one of those it's like the same it could have literally everything in the movie could have been exactly the same like the, the hilarious carnival stuffed animals could have been exactly the same um, so much of the storyline could have been exactly the same I just personally I'm like where do we sign the petition to say get rid of this fork and redo the movie. Okay. So as, as I'm sitting here ranting, um, I just, like I said, I hope that you're understanding the importance of telling a compelling story. And I think when you have a Hollywood budget and when you've made three very successful movies, it's easy to just en- enjoy it and to be entertained. But think about like your story. What, what things are you going through? What things have you gone through that you can tell in a compelling way that people will care about it? So I want to wrap up this episode with three tips on how to tell your story in 10 seconds or less to make people care. Like think about doing this as an introduction. So most of the time, like when you're in a round robin networking group and you're asked to introduce yourself, people say like, oh, hey, I'm Chelsea, I'm a blogger, and I've been doing this for seven years. Boring. No one's going to care. Like think about telling your story of like exactly who you are and what you're wanting to do. So I crafted a story with a student of mine who was talking about. Her struggle with like organization and feeling like her mind was mentally cluttered. And we came up with a 10 second story for her that was, you know, I am a personal home organizer who helps women unlock mental clarity by organizing different areas of their house. Now that is captivating, right? You're like, whoa, versus just like, oh, I'm a professional organizer or, oh, I help hot mess moms organize their home. Like it doesn't have the same ring. Another one that was really great is um, another student would, Hers, her 10-second story was, you know, I was a single mom who was looking to make three, what was it, three thousand one hundred and twenty six dollars um, every month to to take care of my kids, and and I started a blog to help me do that. Like, whoa, that's really deep. Like, there's a lot of information there. And as a third example, this is the one that I learned from the Michael Hage workshop. Is you know, if you say my story is or the story is a woman. Wants to make money so she can be more successful and so her kids can be more successful. That's like so vague; it doesn't really convey any sort of message. You're like, cool. You can start judging um, and and coming up with like, is this noble? Like, is she? What is? What are her circumstances now? Like, it's hard to kind of connect because there's not enough detail. The same situation told this way: a single mom needs to make five thousand extra dollars to send her son to college. Wow that like packs a punch because it gives me specifics on what she wants, who she is, and like her desires and the conflict, right? And I feel more compelled to help because now I have information. All of these were told in less than 10 seconds. So think about your little story and what you have, like what little gems you have to share that are powerful words that can compel and, and make people feel connected to you. Basically, not like the spork story. <laughs> All right, rant over. Thanks for joining me and I'll catch you in the next episode.